As a Christian mom to four boys, I've seen how important it is to instill the truth from God's word in them starting at a young age. So I want to welcome you to the Entrusted to Teach podcast, where we'll look more at that responsibility that God's entrusted us with to teach and train our children. I'm so excited you guys are with me. Let's dive right in. Welcome, ladies. I know I mentioned that my sister and I would be doing an episode on the book that we both read, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, and I promise that we will get to that soon, but I really just had on my heart a different topic that I wanted to share about today, practical to-dos for teaching kids the Bible. Just like kids need to be taught the ABCs, one, two, threes, you know, all of those basics, kids have to be taught to understand the Bible. Logan, my eldest, is five now, and when he was younger, we lived with my parents for a period of time, and at that point, he was the only grandkid. So he was living, just the single kid, with four adults, talking to him, teaching him, playing with him, and so he learned a lot. Like, he learned a lot, and he learned it quickly. Because it was a lot of focused attention on him. You know, everybody was looking at him, seeing what he's doing, and, um, you know, my family, my parents' side, you know, are very competitive. So so I feel like it was like a challenge. Like, they wanted to, to teach him everything that he needed to know. And then Finley, my second one, came along, and he also picked up things pretty quick because he wanted to be just like Logan. You know, if Logan could do it, he could do it. So anything Logan could do, he could do. And we had this alphabet book that he would just beg us to read him over and over again and so he learned his letters from that and um and then we would read him that like just repeatedly but then my third kiddo Declan came along and then my fourth and recently we were joking about how Declan who is three still does not recognize all of his letters and you'll show him a d and he'll say he'll like confidently yell out a or you know something like that and my parents of course who are very invested in teaching logan um have now taken it upon themselves that they must teach declan his letters so every time we go over there they'll quiz him or teach him you know a few more letters and and like they'll hold up something and be like what letter is this or what letter do i have on my shirt and you know all of those things so that I'm just I'm using this as an illustration that kids learn by being taught you know do they also learn through play and observation and so on yes of course they do but if they're not directly or or helped along there will be a lack of knowledge in certain categories like I'm all for learning through play and learning by doing you know my my kids have learned things where I you know they'll come up to me and and start talking and I'm like where did you learn that and, and they'll, you know, it's just things that they will figure out. They'll read, they'll look at the, you know, pictures on books. They'll um, be playing with each other. There's, I get all of that, that there is a lot of learning to be had from interactions, from experiences, from playing. But there is something to be said for sitting down and really teaching them. Like the ABCs, my son Logan and Finley both learned their ABCs by having that um, intentional sitting down and teaching them. And now, now we're working on Declan. This holds true for us as parents teaching our kids to understand what the Bible says. You know, they will certainly pick up on things by watching our example, listening to us talk to each other, but we also really have to be intentional about teaching them. You know, out of all of the topics of life that we can, you know, teach them about, this is the most important you know, this one requires the most dedication and intentionality. My heart for this episode is really to um, 
kind of give some practical tips on how we can incorporate teaching them throughout our day. I know for me, I've had thoughts of being overwhelmed when I think about teaching my kids the Bible because I personally, like I know I don't have everything figured out. I don't know everything about the Bible. I am working on reading through the entire Bible for the first time this year. For I have been reading the Bible for years now, but have I sat down and read through the entire thing from cover to cover? I don't think I can actually say yes. Like I have not actually done a reading plan, but but to ask myself like have I actually read everything in the Bible throughout my life? I don't I think there's definitely parts that I have not read. So, yes, there are things that we don't know. There are things that we may never know, but we don't need to be afraid of that. We don't need to be overwhelmed by that. Honestly, all we have to do is just bring them along with us. We can't let fear stop us from teaching our kids the Bible. Fear of not knowing everything. Fear of of teaching them something wrong. Fear of anything. You know, fear of whatever it is in regards to teaching them. You know, don't let thoughts of thinking you don't know enough stop you. God is honestly the greatest teacher. And he will help you teach your kids. We are helping them build a relationship with their Heavenly Father. We're helping them to understand who their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is and what he did for us. And that's important to me. You know, I don't want to make it a religious thing. Like, I don't want to be religious about teaching them and like, I have to do this now, you know, but really help them understand who God is, his character, his heart for them. Um, you know, how they can rely on him. I think the greatest thing that we can do is bring them along with us. Don't be afraid to share with them what you're reading, what God is speaking to you or showing you, what you're praying for. Involve them in the process. Show them your relationship with God and set that example for them. And and they will pick up, their, they are like little sponges. They pick up on so much that we don't even think of. So just as we start incorporating them on things that we ourselves do, they are, they're soaking it up. They are learning from that. Okay, before I get too far into this and start going off on some of my different tangents, I'm going to try to go through these in list form. So I know I just talked about bringing them along with you in the process of um, you learning, which I think is a great way for them to learn. But we're going to start our list of tips here with number one, teach them throughout the day. Having structured times with our kids to really sit down and go through the Bible are great. Having little family times together, little family um, get-togethers around the Bible where we sit down and you have something specific that you want to share with them is amazing. But we don't have to wait for that perfect set of circumstances. We don't have to wait until we have something perfect and structured and, and planned out to start teaching them. We can take those little moments that pop up throughout the day. Every day there are opportunities to teach our kids. Like I find opportunities as I'm going through my day. You know, for example, like if my kids lie to me about something, what does God say about lying? Right then and there, you can direct them immediately to the word. Ephesians 4.25, wherefore put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. Or the verse in, there's a verse in Proverbs, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. 
So those are three verses right there. If your kids lie, honestly, all kids at one point or another lie to their parents. And that is a hard and fast no in my house. And so you can immediately direct them to what does God say? What does God think about lying? Here you go. If my kids are saying unkind words or are purposefully saying something mean or thoughtlessly speaking, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's in the word. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Explain to them what that word corrupt means. In the Amplified Bible, it says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or, or worthless talk. In my house, we're teaching them about being service-minded as we get their food. We're teaching them about taking care of each other, thinking about each other. Instead of just going and grabbing a fork for yourself, do your brothers have a fork? Instead of just going to fill up your water cup, do your brothers have water also? So instead, so they, they innately seem to be very self-centered. So really redirecting that and teaching them to be selfless, thinking, teaching them to think about other people. So where do I direct them in the word? You know, when they're, when they're having a fight and they're, they're just, you know, going at it and stuff, you know, there, a lot of that stems from, um, like the fights and things are not sharing toys, wanting something that another kid has. So really thinking about only what they want and not what the other person wants. So teaching about that selflessness. I think of the verses in Philippians 2, 4, and 5. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, when they ask to get to the first serving, like a lot of times they'll, I'll be serving up bowls and they'll, they'll go to take one for themselves and teach them, how about you go ahead and give that one to your brother first? Go bring your food, go bring your brother's food to them first, and then you can get your bowl. Just little things like that throughout the day, um, where you can bring them back to what does the word say? With that verse in Philippians, that stems into a whole conversation about what did Jesus Christ do? What, you know, he had, he, his act was the greatest selfless act. So what all did he do? What did it all encompass? What did he make available for us? So these are just a couple examples of just in your normal day-to-day life, what comes up? What things come up where you could maybe incorporate the word more? It's very easy to just be like, stop yelling, stop doing this, stop fighting, you know, break it up, separate them, all of those things. And I'm, I'm very (laughs) prone to do that. You know, like you're in the middle of doing 10 million things and you just want to break up the fight and get back to what you were doing. But what if we took those opportunities to, to bring them back to what the Bible says and teach those them, teach them those things. And yes, we may have to repeat it 10 million times, but you better believe that those verses are going to stick in their minds because they sure do with me. My mom went over these verses with us when we were kids for sure. And they have been ingrained into my mind. In Second Peter 1, 3, it says, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. The word holds all the answers. The word holds everything we need to instruct our kids in this life. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is held in the word of God. So use it when when situations arise throughout the day. And if you don't know a verse off the top of your head, don't beat yourself up. 
There are many, many times where I will think of a verse and I know the gist of it. I know a couple words of it. I know, but I don't know the reference. I don't know where it is. You know, if your kid's older, sit them down, sit, sit down with them and work the topic together. Find verses that pertain to that problem or challenge together. If your kid is younger, maybe take 15 minutes at the end of the day or during nap to really look up some things that you can sit down and talk with them about later, like if there's something that continues to come up. And honestly, um, the technology in this regard has helped me so much because sometimes I'll think of a verse, like I said, like I'll think of, um, you know, a word or a phrase or the gist, like I, I'm like, I know this is somewhere and I know it says this. Um, and so I will pull out my phone and either pull up Google or I have a couple Bible apps on my phone and I'll pull up the Bible app and I'll do the search bar and type in a couple words and, and then it'll generally, I know enough of it that it'll pop up. So that, that's a huge help. That, that's very quick. That's like a five minute, okay, let's take a minute. I'm going to go look this up and then come back and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. I know I've mentioned, you know, something to my kids before and started to say it and I've kind of mucked it up where it's like, that's not exactly what it says. And I'll literally say, hold on, I'm going to look it up. I mean, right there with them so that they watch me doing it. I'll say, wait, I'm going to look it up because I know that it is in the Bible and I want to read it to you exactly what it says. And so I'll take that time, I'll look it up and I'll read it to them right then. So I'm not always a fan of technology. I'm not always a fan of like how, how, you know, how much it speeds things up and, and everything. But in moments like that, it makes it very nice for us as moms to be able to go on our phone. I can look up a specific word. I can look up a phrase and it'll pull up verses relating to that. And a lot of times that right there is all that you need in that moment. Number two, take time to answer questions. I also find great teaching opportunities come as my kids ask questions. I know that you guys deal with that too, because every kid goes through phases. Maybe they're, maybe it's not a phase. Maybe it's just really just who they are as children, but it's the question after question after question after question. And it can get extremely frustrating. Like seriously, no more questions, but these can also be awesome opportunities for teaching. You know, we'll be reading um, out of one of their Bible books, you know, before bed or, or throughout the day or whatever, and they'll ask a question about something. And it's a great opportunity to take five minutes and have a conversation, a teaching moment with them. You know, often we look at our kids as interruptions to our day. That sounds so bad, but I feel like we do. You know, we'll be in the middle of doing something and a kid will come up and ask us to come see this or ask us a question about this or ask us for water or a snack. I'm hungry or they, you know, they're going to the bathroom and they need to be wiped or they need to put their clothes on. If I'm in the middle of doing something and they come and interrupt, I get annoyed sometimes because I'm like, you are interrupting. Like I'm in the middle of washing dishes or I'm in the middle of doing this and so I really have to work on reframing my thinking and looking at the interruptions as opportunities, opportunities to teach them, opportunities to sit down and really um, help them understand, have an honest conversation with them. Yes, there is a time and place where, you know, they need to wait. They need to learn to be patient. But this is just a reminder to me that, not every interruption is bad. You know, take a minute and think about it. Should I take this five minutes away from what I'm doing to really sit down with them and answer a question? Or 
not not even answer a question but if if something's going on you know like you're sitting down doing something folding laundry and you hear screaming in the next room and all you want to do is get up and go yell and say get off of each other stop messing around get back to what you're doing and you know separate them and then get back to the laundry but what if instead you took that moment to teach instead directed them to what does God say about what is going on right now what does what does he have to say about how you guys are treating each other even opportunities that we have throughout the day to just lay our hands on our kids and pray for them okay before i get off of this point and really start getting into the next one number three pray 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 over your kids teach them to pray incorporate prayer in everything make it a go-to my my kids pretty much all three of my kids now can generally get dressed all by themselves at least the two older ones the the three-year-old Declan is still still needs a little bit of help and sometimes Logan or Finley will help him get dressed but oftentimes he'll come in and he'll have his shirt on backwards or he won't he'll pick out um, pajamas instead of clothes so he still needs some help getting dressed and so you know, that can sometimes be like, I'm in the middle of getting breakfast ready. And I'm like, ah, oh, Logan Finley, can you please help get him dressed? You know, it's like I said, another interruption to what you're doing. But the, I was reading the praying the scriptures for your children book that we're going to be sharing on. This is just going to give you a little sneak peek. And there was a section in there that really kind of convicted me about this and talked about like when we're helping our kids get dressed in the morning, how we can really take that as an opportunity to be praying over them and like laying hands on them, praying for them for their day. And I wanted to read that section to you from that book. It says, when it comes to praying for spiritual protection, scripture is full of battle imagery and vivid descriptions of the weapons Christians are supposed to use when we wage war against the evil one. The best way I found to get my kids outfitted for the battles they will face is to clothe them in the armor of God that Paul describes in Ephesians 6:10 through 18. First, I pray that they will be strong in the Lord rather than relying on their own strength of mind or will. Then I put the armor on them, piece by piece, the belt of truth to stabilize them in the face of lies and deception, the breastplate of righteousness so that their behavior will line up with their identity in Christ, shoes that will anchor them in God's peace, allowing them to move forward as they carry the gospel, the shield of faith to extinguish Satan's flaming arrows and inspire them to action the helmet of salvation to cover their minds and guard their identity in Christ. And finally, I pray that my children will take up the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. I ask the Lord to keep them alert and ready to use scriptures as they pray, doing so, as Ephesians 6.18 says, on all occasions, with all kinds of requests and for all the Lord's people. If your children are very young and still need help getting dressed in the morning, you can turn this daily ritual into a powerful prayer time as you wrap them in their garments, both physical and spiritual. If they are older, you can pray as you fold their laundry. So it was just that little quick quick snippet, but that was such that that like stood out to me that that's such a small part of the day, like something that you could very easily breeze by, just like oh, rush, get their clothes on, but when she mentioned that, I was like, that is so true. Things like that, where you're doing that with your kid are opportunities that you can pray, that you can pray over them. And 
that you can lay hands on them and pray for their day. I follow this um, family on Facebook or on Instagram and they, um, in the mornings, they'll lay hands on their kids and they'll pray for their day. They'll lay hands on them and cover them with prayer for the day. And they, she even mentioned, she's like, I don't do this in a religious manner where it's like, I make them sit still and this, it, she's like, they could be playing or, you know, sitting at the breakfast table, whatever. And it's like, she's like, we'll just come up. We'll lay hands on them. We'll pray over them. She's like, and then they turn and they pray for each other, the husband and wife. And I thought that was so awesome. That's just another example of just kind of incorporating little things into their day that doesn't really add a lot of time. It just honestly, um, builds in a habit or routine of prayer, incorporating prayer into every aspect. And that is a great example of to teach our kids to incorporate prayer throughout our day. Also praying with our kids at night and teaching them about how Jesus Christ took time to pray, um, you know, and separated, separated himself out or woke up early um, to spend time with the father, like in Mark one thirty five, where it says in rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. There's so many opportunities to teach our kids, but I'm, I am guilty personally of just moving too quickly where, okay, it's bedtime. Like when bedtime comes, I'm like, okay, get your, get your pajamas on, brush your teeth, go potty, get in bed, good night, love you. Like mommy has stuff that she needs to do. And I can rush it. I can put a little, I can put a little extra like boom, 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 boom. Let's, let's go. Let's go. And I, so the other night I was doing that and I was like, come on, pajamas, body, like all the things, get in bed. Okay. Good night. Love you. Bye. And I hear Logan's little voice pop out. He's my oldest. And he's like, mom, can you pray with me? And, and the feeling, just that conviction of Jen, you gotta slow down. Take a minute. Stop trying to just like rush on to the next thing. Because the when he said that, in all honesty, the first thought that I had in my mind, but besides like, oh my sweet boy, like he wants to pray, was uh I have like so many things that I need to do right now. But it's such a precious time whenever I take the time to sit in there and pray with them. Because if Logan prays, then all three of them want to pray, which is great. But it takes time. So I have to be willing to set aside that to-do list, set aside the other things that are running through my mind of things that I think that I need to get done right away and sit down and be with them, be present with them, pray with them because it's such it's such beautiful moments. It's such beautiful teaching moments. And it's just, oh, it's just such an important time to be with them. You know, and he's getting to the point where he's moving beyond just kind of like listing off people he knows. Like some of my other kiddos will just kind of run through the list of like family and stuff and pray for them. And that's great. But he, he started talking to God, you know, like he's a, like he's his friend and it's the sweetest thing. And like the other day he started praying and started thanking God for all that he had made and the outdoors and how magical his creation is. And it was so heartfelt and sweet. Like I wish I had my recorder out and was recording it. I, I could have easily missed that moment if I had just been like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't have time. Like I got to do other things. And you know, it's sometimes during those prayers that he'll, he'll be praying and he's thinking and he's processing and he'll ask a question, which then leads to a discussion about something. And it's just, it's such a beautiful time that I, I don't want you guys to miss out on that. I encourage you to just set it, set aside the other things. Your to-do list will still be there. You will get that other stuff done. It is 
nothing. It is so small in comparison to these beautiful, um, beautiful things that are being built with our kids in those moments when we're praying with them and spending time with them and teaching them to talk to their heavenly father and have a relationship with him. You know, Logan, he's five going on six. He's so curious and interested and, and wants to know and just has this love of learning and, and asking questions. And, and we have to take advantage of that. You know, when it's the 500th question of the day, I, I want to just be like, no, no more questions. <laughs> I can get a little snippy and short on my answers. But put aside, put aside all the things that we think that we have to do and just just look at them in the eye and, and focus in on them and answer their question. Really just listen to their questions because sometimes they'll ask questions that are so deep and so thought provoking that it's, it may, it starts making me think it, it makes me look things up and, and learn myself. And so it's just, uh, it's just these precious moments that you don't want to miss. The other day, I think it was Logan, he was asking me about how Jesus ascended into heaven because he, they, I think he heard about it, you know, they talked about it in church or something. And so he was asking how Jesus ascended into heaven. Like, did he fly? You know what? And like, these are the questions a kid has. Okay. These are the things that he thinks about. And I said, honestly, buddy, I, I'm not sure exactly like how it happened, like how it, and he said, well, I think I know, you know, God is invisible and you can't see him. And so his hands are invisible. So he probably scooped him up in his hands and carried him up. And honestly, at that moment, I was speechless. Like I had nothing to say. I loved that these were the things that he was like thinking about and wondering about. And their hearts are just so pure. And their questions from come from a place of just like truly wanting to know. And so we have the opportunity to teach these little hearts and minds that are yearning to know God. I think of, um, I thought of the record in Acts 17, where Paul is trying to share about who God is. And he says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of you, for in him we live and move and have our being. We are made of God. We are made in his image. There is part of us that is drawn to him, that is drawn to want to know him. And kids have that innately within them. Let's help direct their hearts and minds to him. Okay, I know I got off track there a little bit, but when I get passionate about something, I kind of just get going and then it's off the tracks for me. So back on track. Um, number four, memorizing verses together as a family. This has been awesome. Like I've seen this a lot this year. I've specifically been working with the boys. I think I talked about in an earlier episode how I had gotten a book of like 77 verses kids should know. And it's just this little like compact book. I think I found it on Amazon. It's got um, different verses and they're very 
they're great verses. A lot of the verses are verses that I learned when I was a kid. And the way the book is set up, it has a part where you um, you read the verse, you write the verse, and then there's a little picture, you know, that you can color, like a little coloring page with the verse on it. And it's super cute. But I've been using that. I kind of went through that at the beginning of the year and kind of mapped out the different verses that we would work on memorizing. I set a very ambitious goal of doing one verse per week. Now, I have realized this far into the year that that was a little too ambitious. And that's fine. Um, we've memorized a lot of verses, but um, but I've gotten a little, little behind on that. So we actually just reviewed some of our verses the other day and it was amazing how many verses the kids remembered. Like as I would go through it, I would give the reference and I would maybe have to give like the first word, but once they got that first word, they would jump right into it. And I was amazed. It was awesome. So this is a huge thing. Memorizing verses together as a family, not only is it beneficial to them because you're really building a fantastic foundation. It's also amazing for you. Like I also <laughs> know these verses very well even if they were ones that I, you know, knew in my childhood, it's still a great reminder. And some of them I haven't done before. So it's great for you yourself to be memorizing verses from the word that you can bring to the forefront of your mind and teaching your kids that. And what a great like family bonding experience. It's such a great way to just bring the family together and work on something together and cheer each other on you know I generally I have three boys so I'll give each one of them a turn so we'll take turns I'll say okay this is Logan's verse and like he'll do it and then we'll go on to the next one and then we cheer them on when they get it things like that so that's been really awesome memorizing verses together as a family number five I would say find resources that are useful to you that will help to maximize your time for example I found this one I actually I mean I honestly have not used it to its full potential I got it this year I found it and and I thought it would be an awesome tool it's called the Bible made easy for kids by Dave Streller I'll post I know I had mentioned my Instagram in another episode at Gilbert J mama I will post a picture of it and just like a you know open the book and give a couple references to a couple different pages to kind of show how it's laid out. But from looking through it, it seems to take the Bible and make very straightforward kind of lessons or explanations for different Bible passages. And it, from what I've seen, it seems like it would be a great thing, a great tool to use to take and be able to put together some very quick, easy lessons with your kids. So just things like that. I don't love every resource I find, but I take the opportunity whenever, you know, if I'm going through stuff online, Christian book distributors, they have a lot of great resources. I like to be able to literally put my hands on it and look through it. So anywhere I go that has a bookstore section or whatever, a lot of times I'll be looking through for tools and resources that I can use with my kids. So use your resources. One of those resources I um, have heard a lot of families use our devotionals. So I have some devotionals. I myself have used them some. I know some people that are very into them and it has really helped them and their families. I know one family specifically that would pick out and do a different devotional every single year. So, you know, when it would come around time for the new year, the they had picked out a new devotional and each person would get their own copy and they would go through it together for that year. Kind of a great way to keep the family united, give them something, you know, all to do together. A lot of times they're very short and quick and, and easy to just go through together 
um, in a short period of time. So that's just one idea is to find a devotional. There are so many out there. It can be a little overwhelming when you're looking at them because there are so many, but having little kids, I've looked and there's a lot of ones for just like little kids too that, that keep their attention. So that's a great way, you know, if you aren't sure of how to put together a lesson plan yourself or to put together a little something for your kids, try out one of those first, see how that works and then move on from there. So use your resources. There are so many out there. There's so many people that are are trying to make it easier for moms and dads to be able to teach their kids. So look for them and then use them. And the more resources I find too, I love finding them. So as I find them, I will share them with you guys. I will put them on my page just to get them out there because I know when I find things that are helpful to me or when other people find things and share them and I end up using them, that's that's huge for me because it saves me the time. I know they've already used it. They've found it beneficial and then they've shared it with me and now I get the benefit of that. So I will definitely keep sharing stuff with you guys. Number six, have a specific time each week that you have dedicated to sitting down with your kids and specifically teaching them something out of the Bible. A lot of times if we don't schedule something or if we don't have it planned into our week where we know this is the time that we do this every single week, it's it often doesn't happen. It gets brushed under the rug. Oh, we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. And this is such a priority. Like this is important. You know, we put on the schedule bringing kids to soccer practice and music lessons and, you know, this and that, all these other things make it on our calendar. But oftentimes things like this don't. And they get you know, pushed under the rug, pushed under the rug. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But this is huge. This is so important. So really dedicate a specific time to sitting down with your kids and don't, you know, don't set it too ambitious. You know, don't say I'm going to do this every single day of the week. No, do it once a week. Start with that. And then if you want to add another time in, but at least start with once a week that you're gathering together with your kids, with your husband as a family where you're having a dedicated time together to spend in the Bible together. During these times, you can do a lot of different things. There's no there's no set thing for what you have to do. I've talked to my sister and she has started doing where she's sitting down with her kids in the morning on Mondays and Fridays. And I thought that was so awesome because it's kind of like to start and end the week. And she's been doing just little things with them, very simple, not super involved, but a lot of times picking like one core verse or one topic and then going from there and using, because they're smaller kids, they're a little bit smaller than mine, I think three, three, almost four and two. So She'll sit down with them and she'll a lot of times bring into bring in something that they understand and use that to explain the topic to them. So I asked her for a couple of examples of what she did and this is what she told me. So one example she said she did was on sowing seeds. So the day before, so on Thursday, they had gotten, she, she loves planting a garden, so she had gotten seeds and stuff. And with the kids, they had planted seeds together and had talked about, you know, like how they grow and what you have to do and how you take care of them and all the things associated with planting seeds. And then the next day, she went over this section of scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah 55, starting in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And that is such a powerful section of scripture, but to be able to put that vivid mind picture into your kids' heads, you've literally just worked on planting seeds and explaining to your kids you know, how they grow, and then, it, then relating it to this record in the word, how powerful. You've now put that together and they have that imagery in their minds. So that was just one example. Another example was the um, verse in Luke. Luke 6:38 Give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you and my sister used kinetic sand if you've ever heard of that and and used that as like the press down you know to the point where it was overflowing just to illustrate this verse so using things around your house to illustrate some of these verses and really make it come to life for your kids another verse that i love that she taught them was Proverbs 30 verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And if you think about it, that's huge for just building that foundation with your kids, that every word of God is true. Everything that proceeds from the mouth of God is truth. His word, so the Bible that contains his words is true. Teaching that from the very beginning is huge because a lot of people will try to chip away at that foundation and say the word of God isn't true, the Bible isn't true. But if we can really concrete that, concrete that, is that even the way you say it? You know, if we can really solidify that in our kids' minds, that's huge. So she took that verse, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And then she would hold up different items, like she would hold up a shoe and she would say, this is a plate. And her kids would giggle and laugh and say, no, it's not. That's, a, that's a shoe. And she would say, you know, she would talk about like what is true and what is not true. And she continued to hold up different items like this is a, you know, cow. And they would say, no, it's not. That's a horse. And, you know, what the what does true mean? And so she built that foundation in them doing that, just, you know, using this, this is a very maybe silly example, but it's stuck in their kids. It's stuck in her kids' minds you know, she was teaching them what is true, what is truth, and then bringing it back to God's word is true. And so that's huge, finding different things like that, that can really emphasize and bring to life the word of God. So these are just a couple examples of taking one verse and then really building upon it. And there's so many different examples like that. There's so many different verses that you can do that and take common everyday things and illustrate things to your kids and really make them come to life for them. So that's just one example um, or a couple examples from what my sister has done. But this is just a way to show you that incorporating time every single week with your kids is so important. And we have to make it a priority and we have to just work on saying like this time is is important and this time is special and figuring out a way that no matter what we get it in there and we get that time with our kids to be able to really sit down and teach them 
like I've talked about already, there's ways to really teach them throughout the day. But that focused sitting down attention to go through records in the word, a verse in the word, a passage in the word, it is so crucial. So getting that time to really set aside time in our week, dedicate time in our week to sit down and teach our kids. In light of that specific topic, I have a couple other practical things that we can do. I feel like it kind of all goes under that heading. These are more just ideas of things you can do with your kids. So one of them is read through the Psalms and pray together. I I did that when my kids were a little bit younger. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was reading something on my phone and one of my children asked me to read it aloud and I did. And I would stop after each verse and they would say, keep going, keep going. And I was literally just reading Psalms. And so that's, you know, that's one thing that you can do, especially as your kids get older and they understand that there's so much heart and, you know, passion for the Lord and like seeking after the Lord throughout the Psalms. That's a great thing to do. Read through the Psalms and then have some prayer time together. Read through a children's Bible a little bit each day and give them time to just kind of reflect on what you read. You can either ask them questions, have them kind of like summarize it, recap it for you, write about it, draw a picture about it, depending on what age your kids are. Another fun thing to do is to act out Bible records. So, you know, read through a section um, from a Bible book and then say, okay, come on, let's act it out together. That just solidifies it in their mind. When they're a little bit older, you could read through the Psalms like I was talking about and then look at every occurrence where he calls out to God for help and then ends with praise for God for being there for him. I myself have loved doing that because as I'm reading through Psalms, you see so many times how he calls out for God, he calls out for help, but then it's that he has answered me, that praise at the end for God delivering him out of his situation so just um that's that would be an amazing study to do with an older kid and going through that together and just seeing how many times he calls out to God and how many times God answers him and he ends with praising God because of what he's done and think of just the trust that you are building in your kid towards their heavenly father as they read through that psalms and see that another example is doing some word studies so going through some things like teach me there's a lot of times throughout the the Bible where it talks about teach me and it's teaching that humility and that meekness wait on the Lord that's a big one I remember looking at that um, a few years back and that study to do that and looking at that waiting that element of being patient and waiting on the Lord and not getting impatient in our own timing but really waiting and resting in his own timing that's huge. That's a huge thing, especially in our culture where it's like instant gratification. We want it right now, but really teaching our kids to look to God and look to his timing and look for, you know, what he, for him to direct our steps and not to rush it and, and just try to figure it out ourselves. So these are a lot I'm thinking of more for older kids, but even if you yourself worked some of these topics, you could take elements of this and definitely teach your younger kids. Then I think of character studies. You know, you think of all these people throughout the the Bible and if you do, if you pick a couple of them and just go through their life, read their accounts of them and what they did and then kind of pull out the characteristics that they had 
and then go over those characteristics and and talk to your kids about them and why they're good why they're godly characteristics to have and then how we can practically put them um, into action in our own lives the main I feel like element that that flows throughout this is just like work the word with your kids involve them in the process show them what you do show them how you think show them how you look something up just you're you're equipping them and teaching them to go to the word if there's a problem if they're having issues at school um, if they can't figure something out you know these are the these are the times when things like that are coming up these are the training moments now to be able to prepare them for a lifetime so teaching them to immediately go to God and pray and seek an answer from him teaching them to look up in the word what does he say in the word about this specific topic and then based on what he says in the word what are some actual practical things that I can do in my life to to carry that out so teaching your kids just that from start to finish how to use the word how to um, apply it in their everyday lives so I know I kind of got off of that, that last point, but I feel like it was all encompassed in just having dedicated time to teach your kids and then kind of breaking it down. I know I've talked about how I'm working my way through the Bible this year and I'm a little behind on my reading plan. So the other morning during breakfast, I opened the Bible gateway app on my phone and went to the section I'm on and played the audio recording and we listened to it as we ate. And I had to pause it a couple times, you know, to get up and get water or this and that. And, um, but we listened to like three chapters together. And then when I shut it off, Logan was like, hey, I was listening to that. And at one part during it, Finley said, hey, that's talking about Zacchaeus. I know who he is and starts singing the song. I was honestly really surprised at how engaged they were. And it showed me that I could incorporate that more as a way to help me get into the word and teach my kids. So I think sometimes I myself will start to think like, oh, that's over their head. Oh, they're going to be bored. Oh, they're not going to want to listen. And it's sometimes that's just in our own head because then when I do it, they are attentively listening. They are engaged. They ask questions. And yes, do they lose interest after a while? Maybe, but there was a good solid three chapters where they were fully listening that happened in the car the other day with Logan. I think the other two had fallen asleep or other three had fallen asleep and I turned it on on the car and I was just waiting for Logan to be like, mom, can you turn on our regular stories? And he didn't. He just sat there listening. I had to pause it a couple times because I was going somewhere and I had to get directions. But every time I paused it, he was like, mom, turn it back on, turn it back on. Then he, at, he would ask me, he's like, what does that word mean? What is that? And it was amazing. You know, he's five. He's going on six. You know, he he was listening he was engaged and so you know don't talk yourself out of doing things because you think they're not going to be interested or they're gonna you know whatever just try it it doesn't hurt try it put it on see what happens it might spark an amazing conversation that's what i have for you on practical to do's for teaching your kids the bible Number one, teach them throughout the day. Number two, take time to answer questions. Number three, pray, pray, pray. Number four, memorizing verses together as a family. Number five, find resources that work for you. Use those resources. Take advantage of them. Number six, Dedicate a specific time to sit down and really teach your kids. Take that time. 
and I think that's all of them. Hopefully I got all of them one through six. I know there's probably some other ones scattered through in there that I didn't really give a number to. I know I talked about bringing them along in the process of you also, you know, learning and studying the word, all of those things. My heart is just that you teach your kids as you find opportunities. Don't just pass things by, you know, because we're in a rush. Don't, you know, brush them off because they're interrupting our day. Look for little ways that we can really be intentional and focused in teaching them the Bible. And it will pay off. They are little sponges and they will soak up everything that we pour into them. So let's give them everything we've got, ladies. You guys are the best. God has equipped you. You have his strength. You have his spirit. Let him guide you. Look to him. Seek him. Seek answers from him. Seek help from him. And he will provide what you need. He is the best teacher. So ask him for help as you teach your kids. And he will help you. I love you ladies. Have a fantastic week. And I look forward to being with you guys again.